Blog Talk Radio. Hello, America. This is BJ, and you're listening to BJ Speaks on Everyday Folks Network. The purpose of this show is to celebrate the achievements and life stories of ordinary yet extraordinary people around America. And I'd like to say thank you, as I always do, to the many listeners who are continuing to pile up in our listenership. Over the past month, we've been very launched as Everyday Folks Network, and truly, the work that we do here is for people like you. So we appreciate the love, and we appreciate it pouring in. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or any of our special guests online, our call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. It's a great opportunity for me and as well as the guests to interact with you. Today's guest is someone truly, truly, truly special to me. Now, you've heard me say this over the past few weeks. Yes, every guest is special, and they are. But this one in particular, and i like to read what I wrote as my little promo for this individual. It, re- it reads, greatness doesn't happen overnight. True talent is cultivated. Listen as Billy Jones, which is I, interviews artist and graphic designer David Taylor about his passion for art and its future outlook. And it is with great pleasure that I introduce him to you at this time, the amazing artist himself, David Taylor. How are you today? Hello, David. I think we may have some technical difficulties, so we'll go ahead and wait for him to come back online. Nonetheless, I'll share this with you, what's happening here in, in my world. So this upcoming month, February 2016, is Black History Month, and there are major events that are happening in my locale and, of course, across America. It is a great opportunity to learn about the amazing people, not only in America, but of the African diaspora, of the trials, the struggles, and the endurance that these individuals have, 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 have gone through. So I hope that you take a few moments to take advantage of the opportunities, the programming, and the sort in your local areas to celebrate this month. I myself will be very engaged. I will be conducting a couple of readings at my home college, um, Brower College in, in, in Fort Lauderdale, and as well as at two other local uh, facilities throughout the area. Several of the things that I'm doing is providing a, a link to me through the readings and snippets of what's to come in Everyday Volume 2. Individuals are very excited about being a part of that, and I definitely want to make sure that our, my fans are, are, are getting a taste of where I'm at. I know I've evolved immensely as a writer, and I do hope and I pray that in this next book, many of my, my, my historic fans will appreciate where I've come from and where I'm going with it. So do look out, Everyday Folks Volume 2, it is slated for release in December 2016, if not sooner. And if anything should change, of course, I will bring it to you. If you haven't had a chance to do so, I do encourage you to take a look at my author page, which is at www.billypauljones.com. Again, it is www.billypauljones.com. And on there, you can stay up to date with each of the activities that I'm engaged with and as well as another place that I truly hope that you'll consider. On the fourth or fifth tab on the page, you'll see an area that's titled a subpage called Who I'm Supporting. And for all of you listeners who are out there, this is a great chance for you to become a part of the Everyday Folks family and tradition. On this particular page, I want to promote the ongoing efforts of other individuals, entrepreneurs, artists, writers as well, if you have an idea or you're working on a product or service that will benefit benefit others, shoot me an email at everydayfolksbooks.gmail.com at everydayfolksbooks at gmail.com. And hey, I will be happy to speak with you and, and, and provide for you an opportunity to use that as a form to promote your work. I think I have David on the line. David, are you with me? Yes. Hi, Billy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you well. I thought I had lost you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, we had a little technical dif- difficulty, but yeah, we're good. 
It happens. You know, technology is something. When it works, it works. And when it doesn't, yes. oh, boy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to start again. I got you here, so okay. I want to start again with my introduction to you. Folks, this is David Taylor. I had the pleasure of being connected to him by my dear, dear friend, Kip Johnson, who is the founder and creator of Black Tongue Clothing. You can check out her work as well, a little plug, on my website, too. There's a link under who I'm supporting. And so the story went like this, David. I'm sure you know it, but I want our listeners to be aware of it. So Kip was on, she was on uh, one of our public transportation systems in, in Miami, known as the Metro Uber, I think it was. And she saw a girl who was carrying an AI bag, your alma mater's bag, uh, your alma mater's, uh, your alma mater, carrying a bag that had the emblem for it. And she asked her if she was doing any freelance work. She admitted openly and very kindly that she, she was still in school, but she knew of someone else who could perhaps help her. And that person was you. And so yes. <laughs> the conversation sounds, is, I'm hoping this is right. Is this sounding right? <laughs> yeah, you're definitely getting there. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and so nonetheless, what flourished out of it was a, a major partnership between you and Capri. But also, it also connected her, you to me. I asked her for some help. And folks, I have to share that I'm very proud of what this man can do. He is actually designing the brand, the rebranding of the Everyday Folks line. And so he's working on our cover and other items, too. So look out for David Taylor. So, David, I'm wel- I welcome you, and I'm very privileged to have you with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, first and foremost, for having me on the show. I'm so excited to hear what we're going to talk about today. Well, the subject is you. <laughs> and so Perfect. here's. Here's my first question for you. When did you first realize that you had a talent in art? Well, for me, Billy, um, I started at a very young age. I would say probably probably around six or seven years old, as far back as I can remember. And it was just something that I did, honestly. Um, it was it. They say that everyone is blessed with a certain gifts, and my gifts mm-hmm. was was revealed to me before I even knew I had a gift. You know, and the rest was history at that time. So I definitely started very, very young, and then from then um, I progressed into design. So when you started, you say you started very young. Did it start with stick figures, or w- how did you start realizing, I like this stuff, this thing well, called art? How did it manifest? Yeah, I would say that it. I started just sketching and just drawing. It was just something that I did. It wasn't, you know, I didn't, you know, uh, no one told me or I didn't say, you know, I want to possibly try to do art. It was just something that I did at a very young age. And um, a lot of, I would say people around me, as in my teachers and um, my colleagues, they, they saw the talent. They were, It was their reaction to what I was creating that made me want to pursue it even more, you know, before I even knew <laughs> that, you know, something. So I was very, very young, you know. I, you know, I definitely was, uh, definitely discovered my talent around that time, six or seven years old. But it was definitely people around me that, that definitely saw it. I just on their reaction and the way they, you know, express how they, you know, when they when I designed something where it was just a, a comic book I did or a sketch of a, any any type of subject, they definitely would uh, respond differently to it. And I I realized that, and I was like, wow, this is something I can continue doing. And it it sounds like you also had parental support that also pushed you. Were your parents? Is that the case, or? Parents support Actually, you in your you know, <laughs> No, I, no, it definitely was uh, rough for me growing up. Um, I lost oh. my dad around that time, like six or seven years old. So I, I didn't really have much of a father figure growing up. And my mom was a was a single mom, you know, definitely struggling here in Miami. But when I when I mentioned my colleagues, I would say it's people like uh, my art teachers in school. I they 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 <laughs> believed in me a lot more before I even you know uh, took it seriously because my you know my average mom you know she she knew that I can do something, but she wasn't really that much involved with it, but um, people would just look at my work and say, wow, you, you know, you created this, you know, I wish you the best of luck. And from there, you know, it just it just pushed me to keep, you know, trying and doing more. And it, it was like a pattern of people that would, that I don't know, or they'll see my work and they'll mm-hmm. be like, wow, you know, I had a loss of words just by looking at what I was creating within that, at that time period. How fascinating. You grew up in Miami yeah. like me and you grew up on the North side. Where did you attend school? Me, um, I attended school. I'll say um, I definitely grew up in Miami, different spots in Miami. But if we go back to elementary, uh, I I went to K 
Charles Drew uh, Elementary uh, School, mm-hmm. uh, Alapata, and then, yeah, it was from eighth grade is where I started uh, attending uh, Alapata Middle School. Um, I went to Miami Palmetto Senior High mm-hmm. School, but my first two years of uh, high school, I went to a school called Dash, uh, which mm-hmm. is Design and Architecture Senior High School. That's mm-hmm. my first time enrolling, but I would say that, yeah, it started in the the eighth grade when I, I took an art class where I was creating a lot of mixed media art, and um, it kind of, well, yeah, that's basically where it started, I would say, yeah. And, um, okay. Those are the schools that I went to, and then I went on from, in high school, I went to uh, Miami Palmetto. Uh, my last two years of high school, I went to. I transferred to Miami Palmetto uh, Senior High School. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm playing visually visually in my head. I'm seeing this trajectory. You've been here and there, bouncing over the place. But the one thing that remained most consistent is your passion for art. And you mentioned Dash, which is the Design Architecture. What is it? What does the acronym stand for? Design Architectural Something Something. Design Architectural I, Senior High. Yeah. Senior High. And I know that many of the kids, first of all, to get in there, you have to be good. And I want listeners to yes. know that Dash is one. It is an art design school, a public uh, high school funded by our school district, which, by the way, in Florida, for those who are listening across the, the nation, and Florida, we have two of the largest um, two of the largest school districts. The fourth largest school district is here in Miami, Florida, and the sixth largest school district is in Broward County the Broward County public school system. So it definitely, both systems is known to turn out high in quality talent in all industries, especially the arts. So I wanted to plug yeah, that and, for you, David, because it's true. Yeah, and I want to say, <laughs> sorry, yeah. And I want to say one thing about Dash is that what I mentioned about when I was in the eighth grade at uh, Alapata Middle School, when I mentioned that it started in the eighth grade, I, I was taking a regular art class where I was creating a lot of mixed media art where, whether it was um, drawing on charcoal one day, then the next day acrylic paint, and I also used uh, a lot of oil pastels, and they're kind of like professional Crayola crayons, If for those of you who, don't, hmm. who are not familiar with it. but And it was around that time where I was uh, I was creating a lot of artwork in that class. The, the art teacher definitely believed in me, and I remember I was offered $100 for a very large charcoal drawing of three elephants that I created, I remember, and it was on this large brown, maybe like six feet, tall um giant piece of paper and she took it wow. to a art show and then she came back the next day and she told me hey someone offered to buy the, the elephant drawing for 100 bucks and that was the first memory i have of actually making a sale for something i created also within that eighth grade class the art the regular art class i also created my first shirt design in that class i painted it i believe it was a it was a i can't remember the cartoon the name of it but it was a cartoon that I, uh, character that I created with paint and a paintbrush, and I painted the first T-shirt. And the art teacher um, actually signed me up to attend the art school with Dash. I knew nothing about it. I knew like I, I knew nothing about the school. She was like, "Hey, you need to, you know, you need to go somewhere where you can advance your skills." Say, "Hey, I'm going to enroll you into this art school." I said, "Paint, no problem." And she truly wow. believed in me, you know, as an artist at that at that age. So that's how I ended up at Dash my first two years of uh, high school. Wow, David, I want to, and I also want to say thank you to that teacher. So often we're quick, the media is quick to point out the things that aren't working in our educational system, and some of that blame falls on what happens in the classroom. But it's great to hear from your story that there are great things happening, and there are people who truly take this, this special position, this servitude to serve others mm-hmm. in the capacity of teacher and scholarship. And so I'm very Absolutely. glad to hear that. And it, just like for me as well, uh, one it only takes one person to make a difference and change the entire trajectory of your life and put you in the right path. So props to her. And do you stay in touch with your this year? Actually, since then, I haven't been in touch with her that much, but I'm definitely curious to go back to see maybe she's still teaching there. I definitely, I remember um, I left a lot of artwork uh, behind that I created. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, there was I wasn't really surrounded by too many um our influences around that time, but I was definitely very creative. So I'm happy to have people like her at a young age to um, kind of guide me or show me that, you know, that definitely I can do something with my artwork. But, no, I haven't been in too much contact with it. But I am curious to go back to Alapata Middle School to see if she's still there so that I can update her on what I'm doing right now. 
What's her last name? Say it again. What was her last name? We, I can't remember her last name, but we called her Miss A. Miss A? <laughs> well, I would yeah, say Miss this. <laughs> Miss A, if you're listening out here, and you're listening to David Taylor, and here's one of your, your prodigies here who truly looked up to you. Definitely do connect with him, and you can do so through me and him directly. He'll be providing information at the end of how to stay in touch with him. You know, David, a lot of people think they know art. Just like in my world, people think they know poetry. And I think if you have an art, if you have an interest in any art, explore it. Don't limit it. And so exactly. when you talk about art, people immediately think that when we think of art, especially for someone of, of our culture, African descent, Latin American descent, et cetera, the immediate, when you think of someone young, there's an immediate um, connection to urban art. And when you say urban art, they think graffiti. I wanted to get your take on what is art and there are different types of it, but what is art to David Taylor? How is it defined by you? Well, to me um, personally, art, art, it could mean definitely a lot of different things. Um, I definitely get where you're coming from, but I would say for me, art, you know, you already know, you know, what I do right now, visual art, Mm -hmm. uh, painting, drawing, uh, whether it's designing, um, I would say this, in a technical way, uh, we all value art in one way or another, because if you think about it, you know, outside of drawing, painting, what I do, um, fashion is an art form. Some people may value fashion more than they value a painting on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, when we all wear clothes, so we are, you know, we all wear fashion. That's like other forms of art. And also you have things like um, architecture, uh, interior design, mm-hmm. music, literature, what you do, also film. Those are different forms of art. So in some way we may value one thing more than we value another thing, you know, when it comes to art. And all of these art forms, to name a few, and like I said, we just decide which ones we value more in our based on our lifestyles. And when it comes to, you know, when you talk about urban art and graffiti, I mean, it it, it depends on how you all, how you perceive it, because graffiti mm-hmm. can be, to me, that's art, depending on, you know, how it looks and things like that. They may say uh, graffiti as in someone just taking a, a spray can and spraying something, that's not art, you know, whether it's uh, a word or um, they spray, you know, something negative Mm -hmm. or create something negative, Mm -hmm. that's different, you know, but as an art, yes, I would consider graffiti to be art because one of the people that I look up to was uh, a graffiti artist, probably still is a graffiti artist, and that's Mm -hmm. how they started, but yeah, um, I definitely see graffiti being art and all everything else in, in our lives, our everyday lives that we use. I appreciate the fact that you mentioned all these other faculties, these other industries, If you think about it, everything that we do, like, for instance, I'm sitting here and I'm broadcasting here from this computer. And in order to do the work that I'm doing with us, I need this technology. This technology is a form, is an art form. It houses the repository for producing more art. And that's so fascinating, isn't it? That we're living in a time where we could be and do anything we want. Now, depending where one lives, and I'm only speaking from an American perspective, but the beauty exactly. here is that be, as technology evolves, so does our potential to produce more art. And you use yes. art, it's, it's, and I know in your form, you're using art not only in this traditional form, but also you've embraced the contemporary constructs of how to produce it too. And I think that's very fascinating. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. That's definitely, yeah, that's, the, that's kind of the reasons why I started going to the university that I went to, which is uh, the Art Institute, Design and Art, yeah, not Design and Art, the Art Institute uh, in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I started going there was because uh, I I was creating art as a traditional artist, drawing, painting, sketching, things like that on paper. But I knew there was an efficient way for me to transfer my designs digitally, where it's more efficient. Uh, you save time. You can change things a lot more. Just way more as a whole different realm of creating art. So. That's mm-hmm. the main reason. I think that's probably the only reason why I wanted to go to, to college to study graphic design because I wasn't designing before uh, going to the university. It was all traditional artwork. Have you have you dabbled in animation? Because also animation requires its foundation in art. Is that something of interest to you perhaps or, or an yeah, area I definitely, of interest? Yeah, when it, I actually remember um, – I used to sketch on paper, um, you know, the little flip books. You get like a stack of paper and you draw in the corners and you're able to flip mm-hmm. it and it makes a movement of a character. 
that's one in animation that I used to do a lot when I was younger. But when it comes to um, actually studying, they did have that, that major at the university. But, yes, you would need to – I would say it helps a lot, ten times more, even with graphic design, for you to know how to sketch. Some people see that as an advantage, or like I do, to be able to sketch because you, you understand the process and you understand um, – you're able to make it more creative, uh, make it more better. You're able to uh, – it just makes it ten times better working. Same things for when it comes to animation. I can create the character, but when it comes to creating the movement, you need they have softwares and things like that. But yes, I definitely um like animation, but didn't study the actual uh, software to actually make it move. But I get the I get that they definitely use a lot of traditional. It, it helps a lot when you can we know how to actually sketch the characters um before actually taking it digitally to the computer. You know, David, when you and I first met. There, I remember the, the day very distinctly. You know, not not only folks, folks for those of you are listening, not only is he just he's so polished and so true, but also you did something that is typical of all artist type. I, for instance, whenever I'm trying to write about a particular geographic location, if even though we could easily search the internet, I can pull up a Google search and find what I'm looking for. But there's nothing like being in that physical location and absorbing the space or meeting an individual and, and, and taking in that person's essence before you start to replicate it into your art form. And so do you find yourself doing that a lot in your artwork, meaning before you just jump in? Because there are times your muse speaks to you and you just create from your own mind. But also, do you take a chance to go out in the world and immerse yourself and to take in other um, visages for your art? What influences you and what influences do you have there? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I would say, um, like, what influences definitely good to go out and um, get experience, uh, like, get out, go out and get other experiences from uh, around the world. It definitely would help you uh, create more ideas, better ideas, and things like that. But me as an artist, uh, I would say that I'm inspired by everyday life. You know, my experiences, the people I meet, the places and things I encounter. But when it comes to design and art. Uh, I look up to people, and these are people that I've bought books from, and I'm actually buying more <laughs> books again this year from them. Um, people like uh, Ralph Lauren, who created uh, Ralph Lauren Clothing, uh, Mark Echo, Damon John. Mark Echo, uh, he, I'm not sure if you remember that brand, but he also, he was a graffiti artist, and then he started off doing T-shirts, yeah, so we have a very similar story. And I actually read his hmm. book, and I was like, wow, because he'd done things in high school, read Transition as a college. They're very similar story, so I definitely like people that I can relate to. Um, Damon John, the founder of FUBU, uh, he wasn't much of an mm-hmm. artist, but I definitely like his story. Uh, Christian Nardiger, the guy that uh, started Ed Hardy and a bunch of other brands uh, uh, brands related to um, his clothing. And he uh, that was definitely a brand that I looked up to uh, back when it was popular when I was in high school. I used to – I didn't much buy a lot of the shirts, but it was mainly the artwork that it was creating. It definitely inspired mm-hmm. me. And I, I even have pieces now from that I say from 2008 or 2007 – where you look at the art, the art style that I had, um, you can see there's kind of like some kind of Ed Hardy feel to it, or some kind of Ed Hardy influence. But um, wow. Also, individuals like um, I bought a book from a guy named Simon Sinek, um, uh-huh. the one of the best motivational speakers, Jim Rome, um, Tony mm-hmm. Robbins, T.D. Jakes, um, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, and the list goes on and on. And those were kind of like my mentors today because, like I told you, I didn't have much of a father figure growing up. So I would look up to people that are doing, you know, great things, you know, regardless. It doesn't have to always be in art, but they're doing something great. I'm like, wow, they can do that. You know, what can I do with this? So Wow. David, you know, it's very – definitely my <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> well, you actually answered my next question, which pertained to who influences you. And it is clear that you you, yeah. you seek you seek out a myriad of individuals, not only those who are in the mainstream, but also those others who just have a phenomenal story that could connect to your experience or perhaps one that you can learn from their experience. And even good artists, just like good writers, I always say, we have to continue to study our craft. Right now I'm reading exactly. three books. I'm writing two. And, and, and I find myself, people ask, how on earth do you find time to do all this? And I say, well, you... You make time and make priority for the things that are that is most that are most essential to you. Exactly. And so it's it's great to hear that you're really immersing yourself and always a life learner because in order for yes. you to I feel like I feel like I'm a student. I'm a student mm-hmm. of knowledge and learning new things. You know, that's that's one of the things I believe in. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Because there's always something new 
around the bend the next day when you open your eyes, there's another opportunity for embracing this new world and seeing it in a different way. Um, I appreciate your mentioning that. No I also was, when I was in elementary school, I said, I have to confess something, David. No I, too, was an, I too was an artist. <laughs> no, I was, oh, nice. <laughs> I was in the art club at my elementary school and I always liked playing with, with clay and playing with, you know, drawing, but I couldn't, I had to really concentrate to do it. But even though at the end I realized at a certain point, this wasn't necessarily what my talent was, but I still had an aesthetic and still do have an aesthetic appreciation for art and what it can do. It's very therapeutic. It's very relaxing. Do you find that this is also the same for you? Oh yes, of course. I feel like um, I feel like it's freedom. I feel like you can. I mean, you're you're able to create something from from basically your mind to and transfer it directly on paper. I just felt it was very. It definitely let me um, I don't know. Definitely like dig deep and get these ideas uh flowing. I mean, I definitely what well, what what definitely enhanced my skills when I was um an artist before going to art school. Uh, the the high school was uh, when mm-hmm. I went there. It definitely they they teach you in a specific way how to look at something or how to colors and uh let's say like your your face when you're doing like a, a self portrait and you're looking in the mirror how to not mm-hmm. only just see the like brown or white the, to see the different tones in your face you may have like a purple color coming through or like a yellow you know get very mm-hmm. creative so they it's a mindset so it's like a it's like a conditioning that you uh, go through and over the the all these years that I've been doing art it, it definitely conditioned me to think a certain way so now that um, when I'm walking, or if I see something, I always it, it's like it's like without even thinking about it, I'll always figure out how can we how can I make this better or that better, or if this business only did this, they they would be a lot better, or people would perceive them to be a lot better, or they'd be able to see like why don't they have this? I mean, it just it's just something that it's like a conditioning that I said. So you definitely get used to it, and I definitely enjoy it. I do it every single day. And you feel that your educational training at AI it did help hone in further. Um, and provide the foundation you needed in order to to do and know all these things? Yes, I believe so. Definitely, like I said before, before going to AI, I was only doing everything by paper. When I did go to I remember before going to AI, I would look at some, let's say like a package design, and I'm like, wow, there's no way <laughs> I'll be able to do that. Until you go there and you actually uh, you, you study, you know, graphic design. Once I started learning that, I'm like, wow, I'm creating this all the time. And it definitely took my skills to a whole nother level, like I mentioned before. And um, I definitely felt that. I mean, you definitely uh, when you when you enter the computer, it just the the possibilities are endless. What you can do. You were talking package design, um, print, uh, advertising mm-hmm. signs. You just opened up a whole nother uh, realm of opportunity for yourself as a visual artist. So now you they, they people don't consider you to be a starving artist. Now you're a, a freelancer, which is a different term for graphic designers, where basically you do work for other people or other companies, things like that. So it, well, yeah, it definitely um, opens up a lot of opportunity as a as an artist. You know, it also opens. On that note, you triggered something. I, it just popped in my head. It also triggers this other movement that's taking place in in many communities. I'll tell you what I'm speaking of. I look. I'm, I'm a group hunter, and I like to find a good deal. <laughs> and one of those deals that I see most often that is being promoted is the one where folks are having those paint nights bring your own beer or bring your own paint. I'm not sure how it's labeled, but basically I have friends who've done this and they'll post on yeah. Instagram or Facebook, or what have you, these pictures. And I know these people personally and they cannot draw. But yet I yeah. look at these pictures and they've drawn a picture of Adele or they have some beautiful landscape uh, picture that they painted. And I, I want yeah, to know your me. take on that. <laughs> Even me, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen those classes. I wasn't even thinking about going. I mean, I already can draw and paint. That may be a little, uh, <laughs> it may be a disadvantage for everybody else, but I was like, was, even like you mentioned, people who are who don't draw on a daily basis, like you may see a couple that go and do these paintings. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, whoever is teaching them a specific way, they're definitely doing a, a great job at it. I even have a friend that goes to AI right now, and he's working for the company that does that down here in Miami. And and um, he teaches them um, how to do those paintings, and I'm like, wow, how like they're doing it like that is definitely um, that's pretty cool. Who are, however, they're learning how to paint that specific way, or 
how to paint, you know, the the sun or in the whether whichever, you know, whatever the the subject is that they're painting or you know the ocean, it definitely mm-hmm. is like wow. I'm like it look and it looks very very good, you know, from someone who probably doesn't paint a day in their life and they go to these uh to the the classes and the yeah. events where they paint. I'm like wow. And it's like hope. I'm so therefore there. So David, what you just summarized is that there's hope for people like me. <laughs> yes, I definitely think yeah, it's definitely hopeful for for everyone. <laughs> I believe so. I I, I yeah. find also too, you know, all jokes aside, it is a great uh, entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship that has occurred as a result of it because people are flocking to it. It's people are quick to spend a few bucks to go to movies. Going to movies today, if you wanted to buy basic refreshments and two entrance tickets, you could pl- easily blow forty bucks. However, exactly, at these yeah. these painting events, and I'm seeing the pricing of it, they're like twenty twenty five dollars, and you also get to network. Yeah. And I thought I'd just throw that out there because, hey, perhaps that'll be a great opportunity for you to connect with some of some some folks here locally as well. Because I certainly would exactly. sign up and promote an effort of your of your type if it came to a venue of any sort, especially like that too. So exactly, here's a, yeah. question. Here's a question for you. You may have mentioned it earlier, so forgive me if I I, I skipped it. So define your what is your art form? Because my limit, my knowledge of art. It's from what I got circa 1994 in my art appreciation class as an undergraduate. And so what is your type of art form? If you had to name it again, you said that you were a graphic designer, but you also said something else. If you could repeat it again, I'd appreciate it. Visual visual artists like me, uh, my art form, I would say uh, graphic design and uh, visual arts, whether, uh, which is drawing, painting, sketching, things like that, like traditional art. That's definitely uh, one, of my, one of my art forms. That's how I started as a visual artist. I consider myself to be a graphic designer second. Mm, got it. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are listening, if you're just now tuning in to Everyday Folks Radio, this is BJ, Billy Jones, the author of the Everyday Folks book series. And I'm here on the line with the amazing artist, David Taylor. If you'd like to speak to us, our call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. Or you can shoot me an email over through everydayfolksbooks at gmail.com or everydayfolksbooks at yahoo.com, and I'll be happy to take your question. In fact, I have a question here for you, actually, David. So this question here is from Melanie from Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you, Melanie, for listening. Melanie asked Hey, Melanie, how are you? (laughs) She's actually, she she didn't want to be on the line, so she's actually emailing this from from her email account. And the question is this. Were there times, David, that you wanted to walk away from art and do something else? And if so, what? Um, actually, no. There hasn't been a time that I actually wanted to walk away from art. I mean, like I said, I've been doing it since I, probably since I started walking. You know, I know you probably started walking before you're six years old, but I started at a very young age doing art and just creating um, has always been something that I wanted to do. Um, and I'm definitely doing it right now. But no, I've never wanted to walk away from doing art um has it been has it been hard or tough where whether you know you had to i have worked jobs that wasn't pertaining towards uh, towards art whether what i mean is that i used to work security while in college i was working security overnight for three and a half mm-hmm. years and that's not art so um you know you have to make money you know at you know where you know for living and expenses and things like that but there was a time you know where i was like man i you know when it comes to work, yeah, but now um, after graduating college, um, you know, working with the company and things like that, but no, there's never been a time where I wanted to walk away from art and do something else. I feel like we all can, you know, we all can do things and be what we want. We just got to, you know, take action and set our mind to it, but because I feel like I started at a very young age, this is all I knew, you know, was creating, so me stepping outside of that, uh, no, I don't, I never envision it. Everything that I do will will be within, career-wise, will be within the realm of, um, uh, designing, creating things like that, whether it's fashion or you know, film, things like that, will always be within that creative uh, community. You know, you 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 said something earlier. You know, artists are, are you, you triggered something else. Artists have a special place in our society. I have art on, on the walls in my home, but you know what? Artists are artists don't make a lot of money, and mm-hmm. I could see how some there's so many other. Um, distractors, I call them, of of career options that people look to because of the financial gain. And what do you exactly. say to that? If, 
especially for someone who has a true art form, how do you keep that fuel going? Because I know you probably may have had those moments in yourself where this is great. Of course. I want this more than just a hobby. This is what I'm good at, and you want to operate in your talents. It's really cool to get paid to do the thing you enjoy. So have you ever had exactly. a battle with that yourself? Yes, I have. And this reminds me of when I was in um, – this is when I left Dash and I started going to Palmetto High School. I believe it was 2007, uh, the 11th grade. Um, actually, the my senior year, which was uh, 2009, I jumped to that. Uh, I was in an art class. You know, everybody's about to graduate, figure out what we're going to do. And this one girl, she was very talented, and she told me that her parents didn't want to pay for her to go to college to study art because they didn't believe wow. that, you know, she could make money in art. You know, they, they're, they're, they're not artists, and it's not that they're bad parents. It's the fact that they're not familiar with the lifestyle, you know, or how much money you can make. They don't. They really don't see it. When they think of an artist, you know, they say, oh, you either make money when you die or um you you try to try to be an artist or try to make money but you still they, they they just don't see it happening and they've never been around I guess people like that but um looking at mm. it now yes it's definitely even in college uh they have a visual arts major and some people that study the visual arts major where you know drawing and painting they I believe they consider themselves either an underground artist or a starving artist because they're not making money and what I realized is that uh after you know uh thinking about it was that people um, they they really don't show you how to make money as an artist. They show you how to do the art, but they don't show you how to make a profit out of what you're doing. Right. Like design for the individual. Don't you know you're making art that's nice for you, but if you're designing something um, based on what your your customers want or based on what people want, then there's a better chance of you making money. And that's what I realized. Even in high school, they don't teach you how to make money. They just they just give you a project. Say do this project, do that. You know they don't they they really don't guide you. To say, okay, you can make art, but how are you going to make money? You can do the graphic design, but how are you going to um, make money doing graphic design? Are you just designing for yourself, or are you designing for the people that will be interested in buying what you're, you know, what you, what you have, your talent, you know? So yeah, and you that's know, definitely that, something. You, you, yeah. you, you are so right in what you said because not only it's easy, it's just like even in my own industry, it's easy to write the material, or it's easy to produce the material, especially when it's it's part of you. It's fun, and it's also um, it's very revealing because there's a surrendering that comes with providing this art form to the world, and you have to be at a place where you're willing to accept and share because as good as as the good comes with it, there there are always the critics. But the point is that you're able to do it. But also the selling of it and the promoting of it it requires a whole other skill set that yeah. that people need to bring because people after they meet the artist they see the artwork they want to meet the artist so now you're in a conversation with these individuals they want to learn more about you word of mouth is still the most powerful means of getting things done and so if you're able to make that a connection on a personal level face to face it can lead to other opportunities and you're absolutely right sometimes people we got to teach the whole students what i'm saying here yeah. when i teach my own students i teach them about writing and i teach them about the art form but I also teach the entrepreneurship to do it as well. Because if you're going to yeah. do this, it's also your business. And you have to treat it like a business. Meaning, if you get somebody buy, wants to buy something or someone asks you to be at an event, being there on time, being there to make sure that you're, you're providing a professional uh, exposure of yourself so that it can lead yeah. to other opportunities. Would you say that's the same in the art world too? That what you get is what you put out there. Exactly, and like they say, it's the small things that really matter. It's, 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 it's the small things, like you mentioned, um, ri arriving somewhere on time, you know, being a, a better person. Um, like mm -hmm. uh, Jim Rohn once said, um, you can have more than you've got because you can become more than you are. And he said, unless you change how you are, you always have what you've got. You know, whether that's nothing, whether you're you're born poor, you're going to you continue the same way, you're going to, you know, fin you know get old and uh, die poor if you, you know, if you're born rich, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you definitely, uh, like I said, it's the small things that count. So whether it's uh, doing something at home, it's conditioning, being being uh, taking note that you can be better, mm -hmm. you know, see what other people are doing um, and things like that. But it's definitely always room for improvement. Even today, like I said, I'm a student of, of knowledge and learning. I feel like I can continue, you have to continue growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. So you right. have to continue to grow and be better. We did, you just triggered. I'm getting a flood of questions now. <laughs> so, folks, Let's thank you it. so much for the email. They're coming in, David. Keep talking. <laughs> and, and, folks, <laughs> if you're listening, 
This is BJ on BJ Speaks. I'm here with the amazing David Taylor, artist here in Miami. The call in line is 347-539-5372. Again, 347-539-5372. And I actually have an email here, Mike, um, excuse me, David, from Mike. And Mike did not state where he's at, but here's the question for you. It reads, has um, your art translated into other areas of your life? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one way is uh, because I'm doing graphic design now, one thing I've been doing since I was younger, you know, was creating, uh, like I mentioned to you before, it was creating T-shirts or whether I'm going, I, I just I just have a, a desire to create. If I Now that I know that I can create, you know, I can do it in other things. Um, now that I'm doing, uh, it has translated into fashion. So now, um, I, for example, I created a shirt for New Year's, which was uh, mm-hmm. It had a, a certain quote on it, and I, I sketched it out first. I took it to the computer, designed it. Um, then I sent a design to the printing company and got it printed. So now I'm, I'm wearing it to uh, go out, and I'm also making shirts for the gym, uh, also making shirts for others for a specific holiday. So it kind of it's – a, it's a lifestyle. Um, also in my room, my, my artwork, I have a, a sculpture that I created, paintings hanging up. So it's kind of – it's like a lifestyle that all evolves around, you know, the things that I do. Um even my car, I have a, a sticker that I designed on the back window, you know, that I created. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a lifestyle. It's like 24-7, so it has transitioned over. And I it, I just have a need to want to have uh, custom-made items. I just feel, you know, it just, it just it, it will help amplify who I am. And definitely, um, it definitely does transition. And fashion was definitely one of them, which is creating those shirts and things like that. So, yes, it has. Well, David, you figured it out well. You have to be your own brand. And if you're not a walking yep. billboard for yourself and standing for yourself, who will? I really admire that about you. What are your future plans? You kind of touched upon it already. What are some of your future plans in terms of your work and, and what you'd like to achieve? So this year I'm planning on launching my online clothing store where I will be offering my art and design work on T-shirts and then expanding into other clothing materials. Awesome. Second, I'm working on a brilliant strategy, a game-changing strategy for a, gra- for a graphic design firm that I want to create, and I'm planning on launching that within the next year. And my goal is to offer quality design at an affordable pricing to millions, possibly billions of people around the world, and I believe wow. I can do it, and I will do it. So <laughs> wow. that's the I'm, two main things that I'm working on. Well, I am so proud to hear that, and as you know, I have your back, and I know that many others do as well. Folks, if you're listening in, this is the these are the, the visions, the incredible visions of David Taylor, an artist here in Miami who is just blowing up and making things happen. And David, here's the thing that people that I that even though I've known you for a short period, here's the one thing that I can take from you that's true. You sp- you stand in your truth and you're very humble and you're not afraid to you're forward thinking, you're not afraid to take risks. And I think that is very uh, inviting. You're like a campfire. And people like yes, to warm themselves with you. And so that, yes. that's very special. And if there's anything I can do to put more kerosene into the flame, you know you can always count on me. Yes. <laughs> that's the there's, a right question, there. there's a question here from Craig from Georgia. And this question is from online and email, David, so that you're aware. The question okay. is as follows. What is the biggest mistake you've made in your life? And what did you learn from it? Let's see. The biggest mistake that I've made. Mm-hmm. Let's see, there are, there's so many. Let's see. Hmm. That's a good question because even I had to think for a minute <laughs> for my own. Yeah, I'm thinking. It to myself. Well, that's a that's a that's a really good question. And let's see, it one definitely. If I can go back to high school, I remember. This was technically going to be my very first design job, or I remember going to an interview because I believe in high school you need to do community service or some kind of, I was like that, and I remember getting a job uh, at a company. I went to the interview. I showed them my artwork, and they were looking for a design. I remember them asking me if I knew about programs that I that I, that I I didn't know at the time, like design projects, mm-hmm. like Photoshop, Illustrator. But what I learned from that was uh, the mistake that I did was that um, they were going to hire me for a gig because at the time I only knew how to do um, painting and drawing, and they wanted me to, I believe, I remember that it was like, a, it had to be a kid's party, because I remember they wanted me to dress up as a clown, and they wanted me to paint the kids' faces, and um, I said that I was going to do it, I said I was going to be there, but of course, you know, me 
being young, not really having much of a, a mentor, you know, uh, high school friends. I remember the day of the the event or the party, I remember calling them because they, at that same day was, uh, I had to be on a Friday, that same day was um, the, it was a football game. Our high school was playing another team, and I wanted to go out, my friends were going, so I called them and like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it, you know. <laughs> I didn't tell them why, but I just said I'm not going to be able to make it, and they just blew right. up and they were, you know, pissed and things like that. So uh, one thing, I, that was one mistake that I made, and one thing I learned about that was that I, if I would have stayed with them, I probably, and they was going to start me up, I believe possibly it was $13 an hour at the time. But one thing mm-hmm. I learned from, and that was the last time, last day I ever heard from them. I never, you know, never spoke to them ever since that day. I called out mm-hmm. and told them that. But uh, what I learned from that was, you know, um, you know, don't, you know, if there's an opportunity, definitely um, stick with it. You know, I was young at that time. They didn't really have no one to mentor me. And I realized that looking back that I probably would have never worked security for three and a half years at barely above, uh, $8 an hour making no money, things like that. I realized if I would have stayed with them, I probably would have been making enough money to do the things I would have wanted. And I would have right. continued in design and wouldn't have to venture off into a, a secondary job. So that was one thing. And, um, <laughs> That was a really good response. Good question, Craig. Thank you. (laughs) Very good question. That was a response. And I I say to that, if I could add to what you just said, part of the journey through life is making the choices. We don't know the ultimate um, impact of our choices. There may be some immediacy to them. But one thing I realized is that you really don't ever see, or sometimes you'll see immediately or in the distance the impact of the choices one makes. And part of the, the one thing I thought that was so awesome by what you just stated was one of the things you realize, well, if I'm going to honor what I'm going to do, I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. And if I'm going to, and keeping your word is, is imp- it's, it's important in any industry. And it's you picked up on that. Right. And I, I think at the end of the day, if you hadn't done that, then I always wonder what would the path have been? Because then there's so many other experiences that you were expected to see that have furthered and conditioned you to be the man you are today. So I guess what I'm exactly. saying here is that you, you, you're where you're supposed to be and you're in the season you're in because of that choice that you made before. Exactly. That made any sense. <laughs> well, I know, I, yeah, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. I feel like we all are. So, so yeah. here's, there's, there's one more question here that I have, and it is, do you feel that art can make a positive impact uh, on some of our nation's current issues or even yes. maybe perhaps serve as a problem solver? What, what, what do you say to that? Yes, I believe so. Um, to a certain degree, yeah, um, I believe it can. I mean, there's so many issues in our nation right now. But first, let me give you an example of, you know, what I'm doing locally um, on a local scale here uh, where it all starts. You know, I feel what a difference it can make. Uh, for example, my high school that I graduated, which is Miami Palmetto Senior High School, mm-hmm. I'm actually um, in the process of redesigning their mascot uh, logo. And wow. by doing that, wait, the reason I'm doing it is because, uh, well, one, the teacher, the art teacher, I went back and visited him, and he said, you know, what if you should do something like this. And I'm like, perfect, yeah, no problem. You know, I was super excited. But what I realized is that for high schools, middle schools, elementary, charter schools uh, of that nature, they really don't put too much focus on the, the design aspect, how it looks. You know, they're very mediocre. And the problem with that is that um, they may say just one small thing, but then um, if they have a mediocre, you know, design and all these elements are very mediocre, then they're going to have a mediocre teaching experience because you know, the teachers, mm-hmm. you know, very basic. You know, that's just mm-hmm. high school, you know, it, because it's not a university or anything bigger than that, they really don't put too much focus in that. But because of that, they have mediocre design work. They're going to have a mediocre or average teaching level. They're going to have a mediocre experience, and they're going to do uh, mediocre things because of, uh, you know, the circumstance, because it's a high school, middle school, elementary. So because right. I'm bringing that university level of design to a high school level, not only is it going to inspire the students, especially the students in the art program, um, it's definitely going to make a difference where the students are going to feel, you know, a part of something is going to increase school spirit. I'm bringing that, you know, design element that they don't have right now, people that, that, that are not doing it. So, it's it's just one little idea that's going to trigger uh, multiple I- uh, ideas of better things. So if they see this professional mascot designing that is copyrighted, that is done the right way, then they may want to increase the way that they teach or do something different. Then on top of that, mm-hmm. the students are going to be inspired to come to school. And then after that, 
they're gonna you're gonna see probably an increase in uh, a decrease at that in the amount of people that don't show up to school and an increase of graduates. It, it's just a lot. It's just small things that can trigger you know a uh, mm-hmm. positive change, and that's what it's about. So that's that's one thing that I'm working on. That's one way I see that. Um, it definitely art can have a can can definitely have an effect on some issues on a local scale, and definitely that's I mean that's what it's all about. You know, positive energy and inspiring and doing things. Um, bringing things to a, uh, you know, giving them the, the the knowledge and things like that. So I that's my take on it. That's what's basically happening right now. And I know that with the new mascot design, it will trigger, you know, people to, artists to want to go after their dreams. And I'm definitely going to be talking to the students there. So it's, like I mentioned, it all goes down to the small things that lead up to wow. bigger things and bigger and better things. And I think that's awesome, especially for, high school kids to see that there's an alumnus who's coming back and giving back, has gone and done it, and not afraid to come back and return what was given to him. I think that's so special, and I, and I really appreciate that from you. you, have, you, had yeah, any you celebra- have you had any celebrities contact you or any celebrity um, support in terms of your work? Celebrities, no. Uh, I mean, besides Billy right, Jones. No, I, <laughs> yeah, besides Billy Jones, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to celebrities, uh, no, I have worked with um, they're probably like the maybe the the closest thing to celebrities are people that like locally owned businesses, I would say. Right. And I have worked with people that have uh owned maybe multiple shop locations here in Miami and things like that. But when it comes to specific celebrities, no, I haven't had any uh uh people that I've come in contact with. But definitely in the future, you know. <laughs> Uh, I definitely know. see some things happening within this year. I, I have to say, mm-hmm. Dave, David, it's. I think the fun thing about it is that the future looks so it looks so bright for you, and the Thank only you. way you can go, sir, is up. And I honestly can yeah, say sure. that I, I I expect to see even greater things about uh, happening with you. You're going to be unstoppable, and also you're going to be so uh, altruistic. That selfless act of giving, giving back to our community. We need more Davids in the world. And if we have more Davids in the world, whether they be in art or any other industry, definitely we'll be doing some phenomenal things and building it to creating a better place for all of us to live. And so I'm very, very... That's what it's all about. And that's what it is. It's truly, that's what it's all about. It's so simple yet hard to achieve. Because in order for you to be... I got to, you know... Right. You got to be an example. And, and that in itself takes work because I always try to govern myself. I, I stand in front of students every day as a professor. And I I try to, even when I'm making jokes or, or, or inferences, uh, drawing inferences to some of the news or items that, are, that, that they are exposed to on a daily basis, I always realize that my words have power. There's power and authority in what I do. And so therefore I need to be cognizant of what I'm sending out to those, those, those students. And, and and then it doesn't mean that I'm surrendering or stripping myself of my own identity. What it means is I'm in I'm at a, I'm in a position of influence where I need to be able to effectuate change in these people and make the best citizens that this world has ever seen. And if this is the only place in which I can do it for my station, I need to make the most of it. So it, it takes yeah. a lot of effort, and I'm sure you may be in situations like that similarly in your own life. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, you know. (laughs) Any final words? Any final words at all you'd like to share to our audience? Because you've been been truly one of my favorite interviews. Anything else you'd like to say? Any any philosophy? Two things, actually. uh, One is they can definitely, um, if they want to check out everyone listening, um, they can check out my website, uh, which is uh, datideas.com, where they can see my art. And on there they can see the the videos that I have. I'm definitely going to be putting up more work. Uh, they can find my social media channels through there as well. Um, also, I want to end them with another quote. You know, I just love being a quoted individual um, by Henry Ford, and he said, the biggest task in the world can be accomplished if you break it down into enough small steps. So whatever you want to do, definitely just take action on it. And, you know, it's, it's not about being um, – it's not about making everything perfect. I feel like people, when they think about being uh, – whether it's uh, – a big um, fashion designer, they look at someone maybe like Tom Ford and they say, wow, he has this, he has that, you know, big company, 1,000 employees. I'm never going to be able to get there based on what, where they're, based on their circuit, their uh, current situation. But 
you have to uh, just break it down into enough small stuff. Just definitely just the first thing you could do is just take action. It's about being perfect. It's about moving forward. And then along the mm-hmm. way, you will find the, the right path to take. So just definitely take action. Well, David, I am, I'm just blown away by you. Every time I talk to you, every, every day that we get to work together, I feel like I'm just peeling back the surface and seeing all these other greater under, explorations of things underneath. You're like a, 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 a surprise package. And when you in the package, there's another package and another package and another yeah. package. And yeah. you keep us guessing. You keep me guessing. But you also keep yeah. me excited and wanted to be part of Team David. So I say thank you so much for your time and your work. And, folks, I'm going to share this with you as well. David Taylor, artist extraordinaire, we're going to be providing a link, all of his information that he mentioned about how to reach him. I'll be providing that link on www.billypauljones.com, which is my author page, and it will be placed on the, the Who I'm Supporting subpage. And there you will find information about David I encourage you, please, 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 listeners across America and the globe, please do check him out. There are so many things to explore, and the 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 media, the medium sources that he evokes in his art form. Here is an artist who truly knows no bounds, he understands the historic, but he also has an, an understanding of how to bring it to the contemporary. And David, I say thank you and good luck. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, David. And so, folks, today's show was was truly special. If you're just now tuning in to Everyday Folks Radio, BJ Speaks, I had the pleasure of speaking to artist David Taylor, who is a young man with an incredible talent and even more so a, a big heart, a passion to transform this world and this nation into a better place for all of us to live. See, it doesn't matter where we are in our lives and what we what, what we haven't achieved. And we can always say that we will operate on the subordinating conjunction when we'll be happy when we graduate from college, or we'll start making a difference when we've completed our first uh, quarter in our business, or we'll be happy when after we get married we have kids and as a family we'll start doing community service. I think it needs to start right now. And whatever your talents are, there is always a segment of the community who could value your talents and interests and could use you, whether they be in an assistance facility, volunteering at a school, or any other organization where there is such a dire need. And David is the man, he's a man about action. Not only is he producing exemplary work, but he also is transforming lives through it. And so I, I encourage you, whatever your interests are, go out there and explore them. See what you can do with them. In the next weeks to come, these interviews will continue. We've been bringing you live broadcasts Sundays at 3 p.m. with a variety of individuals. I can't say who the next are going to be because there are a couple who are, are pretty big surprises. But I'm hoping that one is a celebrity. I will say this. And we're working out his schedule to see if it will be congruent to our time frame, but definitely we'll be doing that. And as well as we'll be meeting other extraordinary individuals who make the the people who I bring to life and any folks so special. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for every page you turned at Everyday Folks. I want to remind you that Everyday Folks is coming out this later this year, and I promise that I'm going to deliver something good. This, I feel, it's my best work. It represents who I am and where I'm going and who I've become, not only as a writer, but also as a man, a man who has a few more years on him than he did the first time he published. But it's not even about that. It's about providing a forum for ordinary yet extraordinary people to be listened to and heard. I'm also launching a contest later this year. Sometime in April, you'll you'll hear more about it. But the purpose of this contest is to promote uh, aspiring writers to come on in and share their works through my forum, through this platform, whether it be online on the radio show or as well as through my webpage. So do stay tuned for that information. And lastly, I am all ears to you. If you'd like to remain in touch with me at any time, you can reach me all the time through books at yahoo.com. You can also go to my webpage, which is www.billypauljones.com. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I am everywhere. <laughs> and I have to be where the everyday folks are too. 
So at this time, I say thanks. Thanks for being great listeners and for providing your support. Tune in next week at 3 p.m. for more programming and interviews with amazing people across our nation. Until next time, take care of yourselves and have a great, great week.